The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. Awesome, thank you. Okay, let me pray for us. Pray for you as you consider Bob as an elder, and that we would have hearts ready to receive what God communicates to us today. Father, it is um, a privilege that is impossible to fully appreciate. We've been adopted into your family. We can call you Father. That all that is Jesus's is ours. Pray that whether or not the specific topic of the sermon is what's carried from this place is a the thought, the memory, the challenge. God, I pray that, that what will continue with us is just a time resting in your presence, remembering who you are hearing from you. God, if you just have a, a special, unique word for any of us today, uh, we just, we're here in obedience. Um, we've come to know you more. And we know that's not just the point of Sunday morning, it's the point of life itself, is to know you. If we've lost track of that at all, I pray that you'll just focus us, help us to remember that be found in you again today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, there are, <clears throat> there are a lot of ways to hurt somebody. They're very primitive ways. You can do it with your hands. If you want to hurt somebody physically, if you want to do it mentally, psychologically, emotionally, you can use your words. But we've developed a lot of technology to hurt people even better, right? Hurt people more. Whole groups of people. Physically, we've developed machines of war. Bombs. Mentally, emotionally, you can shoot emails, send texts, tweet, troll somebody on Facebook. All these ways that we can attack somebody in such a way that they forget really who they are. It's the whole goal of hurting somebody is just to tear somebody down. And I know starting this sermon this way immediately makes many of us very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. And that is because we not only have seen it happen, but many of us are still carrying wounds, or if we're going to follow with, with what this verse we look at today talked about, uh, arrows in us of words that have been said. Maybe it's when you were younger, or maybe even just last week, somebody called you a name, 
this last week. I was called some names and I lost sleep over it, thinking all the things I could say to respond. People like me. But it hurts, doesn't it? When we're accused, when we're lied to, when we're attacked, how do we come out whole and healthy, alive, free, following an attack? Well, today what we're going to look at in this Armor of God series Today, you're given a tool to deflect all of that. That the jabs, the attacks, the condemnation, the wet blankets of shame that people try to put on you, not just people, but specifically looking at Ephesians 6, that the evil one, the enemy of our souls, is trying to put on you to make you forget who you are as a child of God. Today, we're looking at a piece in our armor that allows us to come out without any of those attacks, jabs, arrows attached to us. So this is good news today for many of us who maybe still feel like we're carrying so many of those attacks or hurtful words or lies. So with that, read with me Ephesians 5 or 6, sorry, Ephesians 6 starting in verse 10. Finally, what Paul's saying is after all the things I've told you, after all this truth, all these things that I prayed for you in Ephesians saying, remember he prayed that you'd be enlightened, that you'd understand who God is and, and what he's done for you. He prayed that you would know the vastness of God's love for you. He goes, finally, after all that, be strong in the Lord. Put on the full armor of God. What this means is the armor that we're being told about is not armor that you've made. Right? It's not like the paper mache stuff you built around a basketball and then put on as a helmet. Like it's not that. This armor that you've been given. Did no one get the paper mache comment? Do you guys ever use paper mache? Very weak. Don't use it for armor. So what has been given to us has been given to us by God. These are things that. He and his divine power literally is handed to us. And so you literally can be a pretty puny person within this armor and you're good. Because you're not standing firm in your might and in your power, but you're standing firm in his power. So you can still be figuring out who you are and how to hold this sword, all those things. You're in his power and in his might. So put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So today we are looking at 
verse 16, the shield of faith, which you can use to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So what we're going to look at really quick is we're going to look at what is faith. That's important to know if it's our shield. What is faith? What are flaming arrows? What are these things that are getting launched at us? How does faith protect us from flaming arrows? And then how do we practically use the shield of faith in our lives? Okay? You with me? Okay. And, and really, I was telling First Gathering, like, when I'm preaching, by the time we start talking about the Bible, I want you to be really excited about it. And, and, and the reason we get excited is because we, we value what we're about to hear. And if you're not valuing it yet, I, I do want you to think of accusations, words, condemnation, lies, doubts that you have received either recently or in the far past that still hold on to you like arrows in your liver. I don't know why I said liver. <laughs> Just that sound really painful, okay? <laughs> that hold on to you and, and make you unable to understand who you are in Jesus. Because there's holding on. And, and that pain is defining you. So, what is faith? Now, now, to start, I want to talk about what this faith is. Now, the faith that we're, we're talking about in the armor of God is not the saving faith that we have when we first put our faith in Jesus, we first trust in Jesus, but it's talking about the living faith. How do we live in the salvation that's ours? As we're going to look at in a couple of weeks with the helmet, or next week with the helmet of salvation. So saving faith is, I'll describe what that is so we know what living faith is. Saving faith is when you hear the good news. Good news is gospel news, which is the news that you are free from condemnation and accusation. You're free from the burden of sin. Anything you have done against others or against God or against yourself, you're free from that because Jesus's death and resurrection. Knowing that in Jesus's perfect life, in his death, when he died, all the sin, all of your sin, he, he buried with him. And when he raised in freedom, that freedom is yours. And so that Everything that is given to Jesus by God, the wealth of the kingdom of heaven is yours in Christ Jesus. And when we put our faith in him and his death and resurrection, that's saving faith. Going, I can never come to God and be like, here I am, the complete package, right? That we, we can't do that. And we go, no, Jesus is the complete package. And, and where he is there, I am also. And, and in his death, my sinful life died. In his life, I now live with him. That is saving faith. It's the good news that we now find ourselves in him. Now, living faith is how do we live that out? Okay? And, and maybe a good comparison for this is, you know, in saving faith, we, we aren't like every day needing to experience saving faith again. Here at this church, we do believe that once you are saved, that salvation cannot be taken away from you. You've been adopted into the family of God. Like just, it's like when you're adopted legally, you can't be like, I'm out. Right? You're, you're adopted, you're part of the family. And as a part of the family, you're his. You, you can do things that, that hurt your relationship with the Father. 
but you're still his child. So you, you, know, you don't have to today, if you put your faith in Jesus, go, man, I screwed up. Am I out? No, you come to him and go, Father, forgive me, I've sinned. You're restored in that relationship. So living faith is how do we live in the promises of God, all his promises that are, are for us. Day after day after day, taking God at his word. So living faith is, I know who my father is. I know how he acts. And I know what he has said. And I trust that. And that is the shield of faith. When whatever's thrown at you, what you put up is, I know who my father is. And I know what he's said. And I trust that. That means regardless of what you say about me, I'm listening to him first. Does that make sense? That is what the shield of faith is. Now, if that is the shield of faith, what are these flaming arrows? Well, isn't it interesting that they're not just arrows? I think that's amazing. Just imagine that, right? An arrow is pretty bad in and of itself. An arrow in the liver. You know what's worse? A flaming arrow in the liver. Right? (laughs) Because its intention is not just to stick in you, but literally to burn you. Like total destruction. And and we know this. We we literally know this because when, when we experience animosity and hate in our world... It's not, just, it's not just a poke or a jab or a touch. The way people fight now, even with their words, is they try to burn the whole farm down. You know what I mean? It's not just like, you're a bad person. It's like, you're a bad person, and I'm not going to say anything more, right? It, it's just, I'm going to destroy you if I disagree with you. And that is what the flaming arrows are. Their, their goal isn't just to touch, but to destroy. And the one firing those arrows is the enemy that was described earlier. Our battle isn't against flesh and blood, but it's against these principalities and powers of evil. The way to think about these flaming arrows, it helps by naming that accuser, naming that adversary. The word devil simply means accuser. The word Satan simply means adversary. And so think about those flaming arrows be accusation, being accusations or anything adversarial to the truth of God for us. The way this looks is uh, the devil as an accuser is always trying to condemn you. Always trying to bring up something in your past, never wanting you to feel any bit of fullness or satisfaction from the promises of God because he's always saying, you're not worth it. You'll never be good enough. All the things God has, they aren't really for you because you will never be enough. All the ways that can come at us from others and even from within us. Think of times in your own life where, where you've, you've been on the verge of joy and all of a sudden there's this thought that's nagging, attacking, stealing your joy. Condemning you, saying something about you that is in opposition to the promises of God. Satan as an adversary is always saying what's contrary to what's good for you. 
always saying, if this is good, this could be better, <laughs> right? And that, in its essence, is adversarial, not allowing you to enjoy what is actually free and good. These accusations, doubts, and lies, these are the flaming arrows that the evil one throws at us. Now, how does faith block the flaming arrows? That's the big question, right? If I'm someone who cannot get out of my head and I, I cannot stop, it feels like being in this place of constant spiral, how can faith help me there? The first is faith, putting your trust in who God is as a good father gave his only son for you. Holding to that truth, holding to it, leaves no room for a lie. Holding to the truth leaves no room for a lie. And, and think of this as the shield. Being covered by the shield leaves no room for the arrow to touch you. In John 8, 31 and 32, Jesus says, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciple. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you hold to my teachings, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Holding to these teachings and this truth will set you free. A beautiful, beautiful example of that uh, we see in the life of Jackie Robinson. And that was, was showed uh, in the movie 42, which was his jersey number. Jackie Robinson was a man of God who was viciously attacked viciously attacked simply because of the color of his skin. Jackie Robinson was the first African-American to play professional baseball, and he was amazing, amazing. Best baseball player of his time. And when he took the field, there were so many racial slurs thrown at him. He received death threats, not based on his ability at the game, which is the whole goal of baseball. But based on the color of his skin. But Jackie Robinson being a man of God, and his story is very well told also in a book by Eric Metaxas called Seven Great Men. And, uh, and in that book, he talks about Jackie Robinson remembering who he was and what God said about him instead of what others said about him. And this is a Jackie Robinson quote. He said, I'm not concerned with you liking me or disliking me, all I ask is that you respect me as a human being. Jackie Robinson's understanding of what it meant to be a human being was someone who was made in the image of God. There's a lot of lies that can be told to you about who you are, what you should be. Sometimes the accusations come by commercials telling you that you could be better if you bought a toaster, you're going to lose 50 pounds if you just get this blender. I seriously, it just makes smoothies. I don't even, I don't even know. <laughs> right? All the time, we are told things about ourselves very rarely. Are we ever told, even by one another, the encouraging words, you are fearfully and wonderfully made? 
God knows you in and out. God wants you to be his. He invites you to come. He wants you to be part of his family because he loves you. (laughs) Very rarely are we told those words. More often than not, what we're told is you just aren't good enough. Those are arrows that pierce through and light us on fire. So hold to the truth and let no room be there for the lies to fly through. The second thing is this, holding truth together seals our defenses. Now, I was telling somebody after first gathering, I always get chills when I talk about the movie Gladiator. Such a great example of this. The shields that were made and were being talked about, the shields held by the Roman legionnaire, were perfectly formed to fit together so they could lock shields together. And you see this, the, the, the gladiator, for the first time he takes the arena and they're supposed to lose. They're set up to lose, right? Couple men in the middle of the arena against chariots. And what you see is there's a couple of the guys that try to do their own thing. Oh, I don't know. You know, and they're like, I'm going to take on a chariot. You know, and then they're done. Right? But the gladiator, this trained general, sees his men and he brings them together and they all lock shields and not even a chariot can touch them. I'm getting chills. You guys with me? It's so good, right? And they win right? because they've locked shields together. And what this looks like is what we read in Colossians 3. And we've, we've talked about this so much as a church. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another. This isn't as you come and listen to sermons, as you podcast. This is as you listen to one another, the word of God that you can share. That you reading your Bible can be like, do you know the truth? Do you know what I just read? This is amazing. I want to remind you of this. And in that, you're locking shields, not letting the lie in. Do this. And always through psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. This is the way that faith blocks the flaming arrows as we hold to the truth together and seal our defenses Find people to lock shields with. Speak truth to one another. Let these words be the words that come out of your mouth. We don't have a lot of time. We don't have a lot of time with each other. And so how are we going to use that time? And I'll tell you how we talked about this so much as we went, you know, into house churches and we talked to this community groups is, is talking about Jesus will not feel natural for a long time. It takes practice. One of the the lies, the insidious lies is that once you're a Christian, talking about Jesus should just come easily. But what it looks like is you get together. (laughs) Okay. Do you guys ever look at Babylon B? It's this really funny satire thing. And, And one of the satire pieces literally said that it was like a small group sits in silence for 14 hours no one responding to the leader's question. And and, and that's what it feels like. You know, you can be like, you're like, like, okay, this says, let the word of Christ dwell among you richly. What does this look like? And everyone's like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. You know, and you're all just quiet. Instead of just figuring it out. Guys, I want to reveal a big secret. All of us are way more stupid than we let on to be, right? And so, (laughs) but 
but we've been given the spirit of God. Hallelujah. And so, and so while you might not feel smart, and, and I don't feel smart a lot of the time, when we start speaking the word of God to one another, we're going to gain wisdom. And, and you have to learn how to do that. It's going to take going like, I don't know. I just, I'm just reading this. And then I, I was reading over here. And you, know, and, and you start just learning to do it. And you're going to sound like, just, you're going to sound like you have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> you know? And that's okay. That's okay. Because you're learning. But, but a lot of us just, we remain so mute and silent because we want to sound smarter. Have you ever heard somebody who, who, who comes in and they, they, they just learn how to, you know, who Jesus is and they want to follow him. And they're just like, they don't pray in groups because they're like, you guys all just sound so great. So great. And you're like, that's not, pray. praying isn't sounding great. That's not what praying is. Praying is pouring out your heart to God. Actually, one of the prayers in the Bible that is most famous, the person, someone else thought they were drunk because they were just pouring their heart out to God. This is the book of 1 Samuel. Hannah is just pouring out her heart to God. God, hear my cry. I have no clue how to fully tell you what I'm feeling. But you know what it says? The Bible says in Romans 8 that that is the spirit of God groaning from within you and just let it go. Learn how to share that. If you don't sound smart, that's okay. God's listening. If you don't sound smart talking to one another, instruct one another, admonish one another. Let the word of Christ dwell among you richly. Because that is how you link shields. Because what it, what it looks like, there's so many holes, I think, often in our defenses because we, we distance ourselves from others with the risk, because it is such a risk for them to really know us and really know how insecure we feel or how, how really, if they, they think I'm such a great Christian, but really I'm just figuring a lot of this out. And so there's these big holes, these gaps, right? What if we were like, I don't know what I'm doing. You don't know what we're doing. Let's just, let's just talk about the Bible. That would be really good. Are you with me? <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe I'm the only one. I don't know. Okay, so the, the final point is, and this is really important, you don't make truth. You don't make the truth that you put your faith in. You learn the truth, and you learn to trust that truth. There are, there are two pendulum swing errors I want to talk about, and, and one of those is, it's the pendulum swing that we see in the culture that says whatever you think is truth is truth. It's true to you, right? That's not true. And it's, it's not true because our faith, our trust in something is not what makes it reliable. Right? It matters what we put our trust or our faith in. Here's an example of that. Imagine I gave you all kites. Nothing Mary Poppins, kite, right? Kite. Kite. And I was like, you are now equipped for battle. You know, and you guys go out and with your kites as your shields. You know, and the flaming arrows come and you're like, everybody! You know, and, and then the flaming arrows come and they hit the kite. You're screwed, right? 
what? The, you, no matter how much confidence you have in that kite, it's not a shield. It's a kite. <laughs> but we, we pretend as if it's like, but if you believe it's a shield. <laughs> no, unless you're like one and you're playing outside. Right? But even then they don't work very well. <laughs> okay, but that's one error. On the other side is the error oftentimes within the church as if faith is something that we need to protect. What do I mean by that? I mean as if God needs our defense. And you know what that looks like? It's another error, right? It's not putting a faulty shield in front of us. It's putting a very good shield behind us. And play that out in your imagination, right? Got a great shield. It's going to block some arrows, but it's behind you. So then the arrows come, you're like, my shield will not get hurt, right? And you're just taking it. That also doesn't work. God does not need you to protect him, right? Put him out in front. And I've, I've learned this a lot through our, my, the work I get to do with Coffee Oasis, is oftentimes when I feel like I have to defend myself, it just doesn't go well. If I just get to talk about who God is and why I trust him, it goes pretty well. Oftentimes I've just found myself going, the reason why, because Coffee Oasis, and as a, as a, as a person, we, we are Christ-centered, is because that is who has healed us. We put our trust in him. We, we do believe he is, and it says in our Jesus statement, we, we believe he's the way, the truth, the life. And, and we, we believe that simply because in coming to him and putting our, our faith in him, regardless of what happens, all the challenges, all the screwed up things that we, get, we see in the world, then we come to him, we find hope and healing in him. It's truth. It's truth that we've come to and over and over and over again. He is true and faithful. Right? That's not putting faith behind me, right? It's going, that's in front of me. This is just who I am. This is who God is. This is what he has said. I'm going to stand behind that. That is what it looks like. Not to make our own truth, truth but to learn to tr- trust truth. To learn to trust who God is and what he has said. So how does this practically look? There's two places in the Bible I think you can see this well. It's all over the scripture. But in Matthew uh, chapter 4, Jesus, he hasn't even started his public ministry. He hasn't started preaching to big crowds or anything. He just, he goes into the wilderness all by himself. Led by the Spirit. So just no other people are with him. And there, in the wilderness, the accuser, the adversary, comes with flaming arrows. And every one of the accusations starts with if. Challenging. Yeah, you think you're God. You think God will protect you. You think God will care for you. And all these accusations come, and Jesus is in this very vulnerable place. How does Jesus respond? Every time. He holds this up and he says, It is written... It is written, it is written. How you hold the shield of faith 
is not going, how do I feel about this? I feel hurt. How do, you know, how do I rationalize my way through this? It's, it's holding up the truth of what God says, his promises, knowing the quality of his character and who he is, and saying, this is what God has said. I'm going to trust that. All the messages, lies, doubts, accusations, condemnations, shame that is getting put on me, I'm going to show you the word of God that says he loved me and he gave himself for me. And where he is, there I will find myself. And I'm going to hear what he says before I listen to what anyone else says about me. That is how we hold the shield of faith. Learn to hold the promises of God. Now, you might be saying, what are the promises of God? Well, I don't have time to talk about all of them. But if you have especially been going to church for a while, you'd be amazed by how many you've forgotten. (laughs) I don't even need to start with ones that you probably don't know yet, right? Like, let me find in the book of, you know, it's like, there's just so many we forget, we just let go of. I mean, even in in John 3.16, God still loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him won't perish. That's an incredible promise that God loved the world and he gave his son for the world. And, And even for us just to meditate on some of these truths and be like, God doesn't hate the world. He loves it. He wants to rescue it. God's desire is to rescue it. There are those that stand under condemnation because they've set themselves against him. But even those he's saying, come, come, come. So, so we who have come to him, now he's going, live, 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 live in this because all that's Jesus is yours. Learn to live in those promises. Learn to live in the hope of your salvation. Learn to hear from him. You're my child and I love and I'm pleased with you. Not because you're perfect, because in Christ you are. And, and so he looks at you and he's like, man, so glad. So glad you're mine. It's the way he thinks about you. So we hold up that shield of faith. So no matter what's coming, and sometimes you won't have the strength to hold it up. But if you've locked your shields with others and they're pulling it up there with you, this is the way we stand firm together. It's good. His promises are true. Hold them in front of you. Let's pray. Father, I think many of us, um, even myself, need to remember how to call you Father. How to pray, Father. Forgive us, Father. Show us the way. Father, remind us of truth. Father, teach our hearts to sing your praise. Father, teach us to rest in you. Father, teach us to trust. Father, help our unbelief. Father, lead us in the way that's true. Father, help us think of others before ourselves. Father, teach us not to be self-consumed or worried, but to trust you. Father, show us people maybe in our lives that are, are hurting, they feel alone. 
people that need us to, to hold that shield with them, for them, in front of them, so they can heal. Father, make us a people that stand firm in this generation. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name, amen.